Cutting Up Radio, ladies and gentlemen. And for today, the topic that we're actually going to go with is comedians. And even though uh, my co-host came up with the topic, I got one thing that I would like to say real quick before I pass to him. Comedians haven't even been able to be comedians this damn year. Shit, uh, I think Dave Chappelle uh, came out with, uh, yeah, two specials this year, but neither one was funny. He was just, you know, dropping facts and bombs because everything that he was talking about was real as hell. But before I uh, go too deep in it, Kel, this was your uh, particular topic. I'm going to let you take over from here, fam. Well, for this topic, since I know, as you always say, comedy is your life. Yeah. But uh, for this topic, hell, even though I thought of it, hell, it's, you can go ahead and go off and um, say what you want. But uh, one thing that I will say to start it off, because yeah. I've said this to you. Mm-hmm. So to anybody listening, uh, I'll say it to y'all as well. I apologize about the last uh, podcast uh, entitled um, The Media. That was my idea. But hell, if y'all probably noticed, I had things I wanted to say, but right as we pressed play, hell, my mind just almost immediately went blank. Um, I'm going to start writing stuff down from now on when I get ideas so I know exactly what I want to say, but I, I didn't do it that time. So if y'all thought that was like a boring podcast or one that really didn't matter, my bad, because that, again, that was on me because that was mostly my thing. But um, for this one... I'm, one of the reasons I'm glad I thought of it was because, again, like I said, it's something that, of course, comedy is something you love to talk about as well. Yeah. But um, one of the biggest reasons as to why I thought to talk about this, because as you said, this year with comedians like uh, Dave Chappelle, as, as everybody probably already knows, he came out with um, two different um, stand-ups, Unforgiven and um, 846, I believe. Um, the one about George Floyd. Yeah. This one, Unforgiven, that he did was basically him talking about the reasons as to why he um, loved Comedy Central, as to reasons why he don't want uh, the Chappelle show to be streamed by networks is because he's not getting paid. And 2020 has been that year. I think we've said this before on a podcast that 2020 has been the year where it's not really time for jokes because I remember somebody that you play was talking about how they hated the Dave Chappelle uh, 846 special because it wasn't funny. And again, this year is not the time to be funny. But I guarantee you, if you watch both Dave Chappelle specials this year, you are going to learn something. And that's why I've said to me, I've always put Dave Chappelle up as my number one favorite comedian. Not just because he's funny, but because the guy is smart. Like, he is very, very intelligent. And uh, almost every time you listen to him, you learn something. And that's what I love about my top three comedians. And I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast before or not, but my top three, of course, as I just said, number one, Dave Chappelle, number two, Eddie Griffin, and number three, Chris Rock. And the reason as to why they're my top three is of course they're funny. I mean, we all know that. But the other reason is because every time I listen to these guys, I feel like I learn something more. I come away from uh their stand-ups 
learning something like, huh, I didn't think about this or I didn't think about that. So when it comes to Dave Chappelle, this year, as, as you said, I'll, I, is it true that the two stand-ups he did weren't funny? To a certain extent, yes. They are not as hilarious as his previous stand-ups, where he was firing off joke after joke after joke, you know, making you laugh. Yeah. This year, you can get a laugh or two out of both of them, but it's, again, more so to make you think. It's more just him coming out to speak, not just his mind, but to speak about what's going on in the world. And I think that, to me, those two specials may not are probably the least funny specials he ever did, but I guarantee you they're the two most important he's ever done. So I feel like this year, instead of him being a comedian, and I get everybody says, well, 2020 being such a horrible year, we need to laugh, we need to laugh. Laugh about 2020 and 2021. But while we're still in 2020, it's really not the time to laugh. So... I feel like Dave Chappelle this year has been more of a teacher than anything else. And like I said, he is a smart man, a very smart man. That's exactly why he's my number one. So I feel like this year was more about him just letting people know things. Like the stuff he said in the second one, Unforgiven, I I don't want to put a curse on the man. But I feel like he said some stuff that if there are powers that be or Illuminati or something, I think that one is going to be the one that's going to get him killed. You mark my words. I'm actually going to say this right now. He about to have a lot of press. Horrible press. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Professor Griff predicted Cat Williams downfall back when he was at the top. But he predicted it and he said point blank, just watch. They coming after Cat Williams, unforgiven, the way that he broke down the contract. Like, I never uh, thought about it like that. But the one thing I got to say about Dave Chappelle, he is like, um, well, I fuck with a lot of comedians, but He's the number one comedian that'll take something dead ass serious and he will make you be able to laugh about it because in Unforgiven, he was so real when he was talking about how he went to HBO and he pitched the Chappelle show to to, uh, HBO, but they told him, quote, What do we need you for? And um, Dave, of course, when that happened, it hurt him. But at the end of the day, now Dave Chappelle is a legend. I know he not even in his 50s yet, but I can't count the number of people. That say that like Dave Chappelle is number one or he at the top of their list because they are able to, you know, see eye to eye with him. For Dave Chappelle to say 846 is when he was born and that's how they killed George Floyd. That just made me think like, hmm, it's kind of fucked up to 
mention your time of birth with uh, the amount of time that a knee was on a black man neck to die. But if anybody watched that goddamn Dave Chappelle A46, they going to get it very clearly why he was bringing that up. Yeah, because I'll say this. To me, Dave Chappelle is the Michael Jackson of comedy. Like, I feel like, and I know when it comes to comedy, the original number one was Richard Pryor. Anybody from Martin Lawrence to my top three to Eddie Murphy, any uh, funny comedian will tell you Richard Pryor was their number one. He was their guy. So I feel like Richard Pryor was the original number one. But to me today, I feel like Dave Chappelle is probably the first uh, comedian to now surpass Richard Pryor. And I, I know that a lot of comedians look up to Richard Pryor. So a lot of them will probably disagree, but for this younger generation, he's is that one. Like I, I've watched Richard Pryor standups and I've watched Red Fox standups and they are funny. But, um, like I said, to me of today, Dave Chappelle is the only one who I feel like can surpass the legends and comedy of the past. Because the way that um Unforgiven went, like I said, uh when I when when that one played, because it's only like 18 minutes, it's not that long. Yeah. When that one played, I just looked and listened. Like, I didn't really laugh. I didn't really, you know. I've seen react. You know, we watched the reaction videos of some guys who kept going "woo, woo," and then you know, <laughs> shit like that. But uh, I, uh, that's their reaction. But to me, when I hear Dave Chappelle talk, I if I'm not laughing, I'm on hush because I'm listening because I know good and well I'm gonna learn something. And the way he ended that special by saying, you know, we can chop it up, and we can, you know, with the Chappelle show, we can chop it up. We can, you can pay me for it. We can get things back on the road, or I can just take it. He dropped the mic and walked off stage. Like that to me was a, a very uh, powerful ending because it came back to uh, a, a story earlier that he was telling in that special. Yeah, and that's one thing Dave Chappelle does that I like is that he always he'll tell a joke early in the special, but towards the end that joke comes right back around. Yeah. So he he always does. That's a trademark of his that I love that he does. So when he said I can just take it, that was um him referring to an earlier story that he just told. And that wraps it all up. So to me that was a powerful uh ending. And like he said, he said on stage himself, you know, they're gonna get mad at me for saying this. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I sure hope like if there are, again, powers that be or whatever, uh, people say Illuminati, if that is like a true thing, I feel like that special is what's going you know, to really put a lot of attention on. I'm, I'm actually surprised that so far I haven't heard news stations. I mean, I know with 2020, like news stations are constantly covering uh, COVID and the election and stuff like that. So they ain't really talking about almost anything else. Yeah. But I'm surprised that the stuff that he said isn't getting more attention than it has. Because with Dave Chappelle, he is the one guy to me. And the reason why I say he uh, surpasses Richard Pryor is because he's the one guy 
this year that when he spoke, everybody wanted to listen. There you go. I don't give a damn about Trump or even Biden at this point. When they spoke, everybody listened, but everybody was divided. But when he spoke, I feel like everybody just wanted to know what this man had to say. Yeah, he's funny and we expected to laugh, but it's more than that. People expected to really hear something from him. There you go. And I think that's exactly what they got. I, uh, I think I heard a comment on social media where somebody said, it's amazing how a comedian like Dave Chappelle speaks and more people will listen than they will to our political leaders. And, and that's pretty <laughs> that's much... fact. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. It's sad. That just shows you how, how much people think of our uh, political leaders of today, but it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, 2020... Like um, both of us have said on many podcasts, this year is going to be in the history books. You said it first, but damn, the uh, more that I'm opening my eyes and we ain't even, uh, uh, shit, you see, I'm stuttering. We ain't even left this year yet. Well, we just hit December. The second, by the way. Goodness. So this year, like people have not even uh, had a chance to really be funny because the person that uh, said he was disappointed was none other than Officer Tatum, the Trump supporter that said, quote, who's really winning? Donald Trump has 84 million followers on Twitter. How many does Sleepy Joe have? It don't matter how many he got. He won. Get that through your damn head. Joe Biden won the election. Get over it. So Dave Chappelle, man, he has been doing nothing but dropping facts. Because one reason why I uh, love his comedy so much, I know I just said it, but let me uh, say it again. That way I can say the story that I'm about to say. Dave Chappelle, I uh, study his comedy because he's able to take a fucked up situation and make people laugh. With that being said, let me say what happened to me. Uh, day before yesterday, yesterday, my bad, yesterday, this happened to me on December the 1st, I was in a very racist situation. The more I think about it, the more it makes me mad. Now, the actual situation that I was in, I called... One of my best friends, me and this woman, we are very tight. I heard her son in the background. So I said, oh, tell him, oh, what's up? She said, it's okay. I can give the phone to him. That way you can talk to him. Before I could even say anything, she gave the phone to her son. Oh, what's up, man? Oh, no, I'm all right. 
Well, how are you feeling? Man, I'm a G. What about you? I really don't know the slang of the blacks. The fuck? Hold up. Did this fool was... Now, I'm on the phone. His mama right there, too. Now, I overlooked that first um, reference. I don't know the slang of the blacks. Well, the call kept going. Well, um, man, I just mean um, that I'm cool, man. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not used to that terminology, but... I have a friend. I'm actually in, you know, very good with the blacks. Okay. I got you. Well, uh, it was good talking to you, man. Yeah, it was good talking to you, too. I guess I got to read a, a dictionary to keep up on slang that the blacks use. I am going to try my best. To write a joke, that way I can overlook what just happened to me yesterday. This, uh, the uh, son of hers, a grown-ass man. If you just randomly say the blacks around the wrong person, you're going to get your ass whooped, shot, stabbed. All oh, the list can keep going. Because like I have said multiple times, under Barack Obama presidency, I've never heard so many people talk about the Illuminati. But under Donald Trump presidency, I've never heard so many people be racially driven. And you can think, you know, racially driven, well, that must mean uh, to help the blacks. What I mean is... Racially driven, damn near every interview I see of Trump, they asking this motherfucker about white supremacy and stuff. And I'm still hung up on the Boogaloo Boys. I asked my barber if he ever heard of the Boogaloo Boys. He said no. But these damn Boogaloo Boys then uh, went so ape shit because they leader than lost. A fair election that they just can't get over the shit. But, like I say, this year, man, hell, Cat Williams came out with a special this year. It wasn't that funny. Yet again, can't be funny in 2020. Because I'm still blowed that. The death rate for COVID-19 is over a quarter of a million. How is that possible? And we're just talking about America now. But the end of the day, like I keep saying, what the fuck do I know? And another thing I'll say that I respect about Dave Chappelle is um, I... A select few comedians can do this. And that's take what's known as, I suppose, you should call it this, politically incorrect comedy and make it funny. There you go. And there's a big difference between making it funny and not. Because, because to me, 
you recently played a stand-up by um guy Daniel Tosh. Yeah. Now, I listened to it because he's not a guy I've heard of him. I know he had his own show once before on Comedy Central. I didn't watch that, so I never really knew much about the guy. So, when you played his uh, stand-up special, I listened to it to see, you know, if I can get a laugh or two. I didn't. And the reason as to why, of course, he's one of these, uh, again, quote-unquote, politically incorrect uh, comics. But to me, he does it wrong. Mm. And what I mean by doing it wrong is, if you're a comic, you're a comedian, your goal is to make people laugh. That's the goal. You can do that by being PG. You can do that by being rated R. It don't matter. Yeah. You can do that anyway, as long as your goal is to make people laugh. But his whole goal from his, at least what I heard of that um, stand-up that you played, was just to try to shock people. That's it. That's and all. I'm like, That's it. And I'm like, people need to understand that shit like that is just desensitizing. Like, it doesn't make it funny. It just either people are actually going to be shocked by it and will probably get mad, or you're just gonna sit there like, "Yeah, when am I gonna laugh about any of this stuff that you're saying?" And to me, if I pay a ticket to go to see a comedian, I'm paying a ticket to hear you laugh. There you I mean, go. Excuse me, hear you make me laugh, not to hear you try to shock me. Like anybody can do shock comedy. Just say the most offensive, most politically incorrect thing you can think of and see what your response is going to be. Or, you know, what your audience response is going to be. And his entire stand-up, he was trying to seemingly berate the audience who maybe not find him funny. Yeah. Like, oh, if you don't find me funny, you you can just get the fuck out or or stuff like that. I'm like, people pay money to hear you make them laugh. How are you going to get mad? If they don't laugh simply because you're trying to do shock comedy or, or whatever. That's the difference between the white um, politically incorrect comics and the black politically incorrect comics. Because Daniel Tosh, Anthony Jeselnik, they love saying offensive shit. Not really uh, be a joke. Hell, look, well, one thing that Anthony Jesselnick that said to me that made me laugh. I spent the two I've spent the past two years looking for my ex-girlfriend's killer. But nobody'll do it. Everybody in the audience, ha 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 What the If a black man would have said that shit, it would have been a problem. Well, I feel like it's it's some white comedians who can do it correctly because uh, the most politically incorrect show on cable television today is a show called um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, or it's just n- now pretty much known as Always Sunny. Yeah. Um, that show uh, stars like four white people, um, stars Danny, De- uh, Danny DeVito. And if you watch that show, that show is probably the most politically incorrect show on television. And it's my one of my favorite shows. I love that show. Same way I love Chappelle's show. And both of those shows have something in common. is the fact that they were doing politically incorrect comedy, but they did it correctly. Because 
a lot of if if some people watch the show Sunny in Philadelphia, a lot of people will either say that it's sexist, they'll say that it's racist, they'll say that it, you know, because it makes jokes like they even makes jokes about handicap or yeah. uh, you know mentally handicapped. It makes all kinds of jokes about things that uh, in regular comedy you're really not supposed to touch, but they make those jokes. But the difference is. You're not laughing at racism. You're not laughing at sexism. You're not laughing at the handicap. You're laughing at the character's ignorance towards those things. That's what makes it funny is they say and do dumb stuff, but they swear up and down that they're correct. So you laugh at the ignorance of the situation and of the characters, but you don't laugh at the shock. And that, to me, is what it's, it's the difference between good, uh, politically incorrect comedy and bad. The good kind can make you laugh, but it's more laugh at the ignorance of the situation, not laugh at the situation. Laugh at the ignorance of the people, not really laughing at the people. There you go. So that, to me, Family Guy used to do that as well really well. Their later episodes to me are suck. Yeah, they uh, most people have been said that uh, their episodes suck now, and they're pretty much just trying. A lot of people said they're just trying to get canceled because Steph McFarlane himself has said at one point that he he been one that family got it in. I forgot which episode it was, but one episode was supposed to be the um uh uh series finale. Yeah, but um Fox. Ordered more episodes, but I forgot which episode it was. I was I don't think it was Lois on a boat, the one where Stewie killed Lois, but it was a stimulation. I, yeah, I, I think it was that one, but I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. But one episode was supposed to be the series finale, but they kept ordering more episodes. So a lot of people said the reason why they're not funny anymore is because they're trying to get thrown off the air. Yeah, because um. I believe that uh, Seth MacFarlane um, made mention about how like people uh, was writing uh, in talking about that they want more episodes, but hell, that, you didn't talk about every damn thing. Yeah, once a show has done everything it can do with characters, it's like there's nothing else you can do. We get it. Peter's an idiot. There you what go. What more stupid stuff can he do? There you go. So it's like all those characters have had their time. I mean, that show's been going on since 99. That's over 20 years. years. Yeah. That's over 20 years that that show has been going. And it's been canceled twice. But it's been going on so long that at a certain point, you can't keep telling the same jokes again and again. Hell, that's um, another reason that I... Uh, really studied uh, the way that David Chappelle does his stand-up. Because everybody that knows me knows that, like, my original, like, material had to do with Steve. But at the end of the day, motherfucking sick of hearing about that damn boy. So, I had to uh, actually go out and find more material. And, hell... The material that I have now concerning women and shit, way funnier. Because like I say, people, they sick and tired of hearing about a damn grown ass man that can't graduate high school. We get it. Move on, Phil. If anybody is going to do comedy, I think what, and I'm not saying I'm a uh, 
comedy expert, but I'm just saying that if I think anybody wants to do comedy is going to have to learn how to expand their horizon. There you go. Like you can't you you need reactions from the crowd. Whether it's applause, whether it's laughs, whether it's uh, even a you know gasp here and there, you know, uh, you because again, I'm not saying shock comedy is totally bad and no one should do it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it should be done right. So you do it for a lot of different reactions, but if you're if you're trying to piss people off, two things are going to happen. Number one, they're going to get pissed off, or number two, again, like I said, is they're going to be desensitized, like. Is this all the jokes you can tell? Can you actually tell something else? There you go. And that's the side I fall on. Especially when I hear people try to do uh, shock comedy and they're doing it wrong. Like, I just sit there like, okay, can we move on and try something else? And it's not, again, because I know a lot of people will say, oh, is it because you're easily offended? I just told you, my one of my favorite shows is the most politically incorrect show on television. White people have even said nigger on Always sunny in Philadelphia. And it was funny to me. But when you take somebody like a Daniel Tosh, he's not the only one, but I'm just using him as an example because he's the most recent that I just heard. Yeah. That if you take those kind of jokes where you're making jokes about things like rape, abortion, uh, racism, murder, you know, any of those things that are dark. I'm not saying none of those things can be can't be funny. They can be. But you gotta go for the reaction to where you make people laugh. Because you, you have to be able to break down a joke. Okay, why should somebody laugh at the joke? It it can be the wording of the joke. It can be the emotion behind the joke or in your voice. You've seen Bernie Mac, a great comedian. A lot of his jokes are funny visually. Because Bernie Mac does the thing where his eyes poke out <laughs> of his head. And, you know, he got that serious look on his face. So... And he's saying everything he's saying with such conviction that even if it's not that funny, it's funny. Exactly. Because of the tone of his voice, the look on his face. So it's many ways to make people laugh. If if you can't tell me why I'm supposed to laugh at your joke other than, well, because it's funny or because it's shocking, then you're not funny. There you go. Because I love offensive comedy. I love Jimmy Carr. I love um, Frankie Boyle. Them motherfuckers so offensive, they can't even come to the United States to do any shows. Because at the end of the day, the one-liner that always pisses like parents off whenever I say it was a dead giveaway. She's too young to be sucking your cock. When you got to make the airplane sound to put it in her mouth. Every female that has a child went postal on me. Now... See, I can explain why that should be funny. It's not... Because when you tell that joke, people automatically go, oh my God, child abuse. Oh my God, you know, rape. <laughs> you know, they go yeah. pedophilia. You know, child molestation. That's not what you're supposed to laugh at. You're supposed to laugh at the visual of an idiot taking his dick and going... <laughs> that's what's supposed to be... See, that's the part that's supposed to be funny. But they don't think about that part. They just think, oh my God, you know... Pedophilia. Yeah. But when you break a joke down and say, here's why it's supposed to be funny, then it's not that offensive. It's e- funny. Exactly. But hell, every damn body that I have ever told that joke to, felt you crazy. Okay. Um, what you thought about it? That's sick. 
How the fuck is a one-liner sick? That, that Again, it's only sick if you make it. There you go. That way. Because, yes, the implications of the joke is sick. But, again, I just pointed out the reason why you're supposed to laugh. And it's not, hey, look, pedophilia. It's what's behind the joke. There you go. Again, think of a man, any grown man, holding their dick in their hand, making an airplane sound to try to put it in anybody's mouth, whether it's a kid or not. But, and that visual is funny. Yeah. So, like, that's why I say, if you can explain a joke and tell me why you're supposed to laugh, that what makes it funny. Because, like I said, a lot of white people can do uh, politically incorrect comedy. I think Bill Burr is a guy who is funny. A lot of his jokes are, I wouldn't say very politically incorrect, but you can tell it's supposed to be like a little bit behind that. Yeah. So, and that to me is what uh, like makes politically incorrect comedy funny. And that's why I was like, when you was playing the Daniel Tosh thing, I was just shaking my head. Not because, oh, I'm offended. It's because, oh, I'm not laughing. Because I don't think it's funny. And because Daniel Tosh, he is just a white guy that's rich for being white. Every damn white guy can say offensive shit. Well, anybody can do that. That, that doesn't take talent. Thank it doesn't you. take talent to make uh, jokes, even if you could call them jokes, but jokes that just make people go, <gasps> or piss them off. Yeah. That doesn't take talent. Anybody can do that. If you can take a politically incorrect joke and make it funny, where people can laugh, then that is what the talent is behind it. There you go. That's why I said... I'm not a comedy expert, but if you break down comedy itself or a certain joke itself, then you realize why it's funny or why something isn't funny. And again, because too many people these days are always talking about everybody's so sensitive, everybody's a snowflake, everybody is uh what do they call them now? SJW, which supposed to stand for um, uh, social justice warrior. You know, they take those things and try to make people feel bad all because they don't think something is funny. Yeah. Even if it's not. Like, I love Dave Chappelle. I love, you know, like I said, Sunny in Philadelphia. But if I show that to somebody who doesn't like it, I'm not going to sit there and attack them and go, oh, you just don't know comedy. You're a snowflake. You're easily offended. I'm just, Either it's not their thing or maybe they just don't get it. Yeah. I can try to explain it to them. And if they go, oh, I get it now, it's just not my thing. Then, okay, fine. It's not just not your thing. I get that. Yeah. But you shouldn't, like, try to berate somebody all because they don't laugh at your certain joke. Like, you need to understand what you're going to get with certain comedians. If you go to a Dave Chappelle uh, stand-up and expect uh, Kevin Hart, you're not going to be happy. Hmm. Because... Kevin Hart, I remember that story that he told in one of his Netflix specials about how um he was scared to like go up to Kevin Hart after a show, but hell, at the end of the day, Kevin I mean, there you go, there you go. You <laughs> Yes sir. That how Dave Chappelle, like he made mention in one of his specials that he was scared to go up to Kevin Hart after one of Kevin Hart's shows because uh his son wanted to meet him. Now, at the end of the day, that's what Dave Chappelle said in the, you know, um, routine. But Kevin Hart is on a um, interview with Joe Rogan on YouTube 
where he openly says, Dave Chappelle, can't nobody touch him. So I know Kevin Hart might have hurt. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. The cat, our cat just jumped on the mic. So if y'all heard something, that's what that was. But uh, yeah, y'all heard the story. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to kill this cat. This is about 30 minutes of good material down the drain. But <clears throat> but um, Kevin Hart might have seen Dave Chappelle say that like in the routine from Netflix and probably thought, huh, okay, well, you was nervous to come to me? What? Yeah, because here's the thing. I'm not going to say Kevin Hart is not funny. I've watched Kevin Hart uh, stand-ups and have gotten a lot of laughs out of him. But I'm just, I just don't believe he's as funny as a lot of people are making him out to be. Like, they're making him out to be funnier than Dave Chappelle, and that's not true. In any way. Kevin, I don't even think he's funnier than uh, Chris Rock or Eddie Griffin. He ain't even funnier than Cat Williams. I'm sorry. I, I love, you know, Kevin Hart. You know, I'm a fan of his, but he ain't got nothing even on Cat Williams because I know a lot of people um, know Cat Williams for talking, you know, shit about Michael Jackson when he was alive. The re- the reason I say that, the offensive guy that I just uh, mentioned earlier, Frankie Boyle, that bastard wrote a joke after Michael Jackson died and... The number one reason I love telling that particular joke to people, I know it ain't funny, but um, when Frankie Boyle told that joke, um, trying to emulate Michael Jackson, he changed his voice and he was saying some of the most outlandish shit you ever want to hear. I know that that was supposed to piss like anybody off that heard the routine. Like some people got mad. But a lot of folks, they were just looking at me like, all right, Phil, no, Michael Jackson Children's Hospital, move on. I, I, I can't get mad because at the end of the day, Frankie Boyle, I fuck with his comedy, but he is rich for being white. If any black comedian would say half of the outlandish shit that fool say, he would be dead. Like, point blank, period. Because uh, I'm going to use the American shock comedy comedians for an example. Daniel Tosh, he made mention about how he got a lot of hate mail because of an abortion joke that he wrote. He's still living, though. I'm not saying anybody should anybody should have killed him. But if anybody black would have came out with an abortion joke, oh, they would be hated. Um, Anthony Jeselnik, he used to have a show that used to come on, I think, Comedy Central. Jeselnik Offensive. That motherfucker did a skit that was so offensive, it was banned. The reason is because in his uh, shot comedy world, the joke that he did on his damn show was people coming out. I'm talking about he was dancing in his suit. 
Uh, girls came out in bikinis. Guys came out in swim trunks. Everybody was dancing. Reason? They were having a shark party because a shark ate a man. Killed him. They even showed the picture of the man that was ate by the shark. But yet, Anthony Jeselnik is still able to sell millions of of comedy records. I don't I don't even see why people would find that offensive because if you put yourself in a situation to be eaten by a shark, I can't feel that sorry for you. There you go. I make jokes too. There you go. You shouldn't have put yourself in a position to be eaten by a shark. It ain't like you just chilling in your living room and a shark came out of nowhere and ate you. Oh, not. So, <laughs> you just you put yourself in that situation so I, I wouldn't make jokes about that. I don't see how that'd be offensive. I mean, Maybe his closest friends and family might find that offensive or something, but if you're not that, I don't see why you would find that offensive. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, Jesselnik, that fool, he was trying to be offensive. He didn't know how to leave well enough alone. Now, once the picture came on like the uh, monitor that he had for his show, like once the man picture came up, his finishing words... Now smile, you son of a bitch. You called a dead man a son of a bitch on national television? Why was only the skit itself banned? How come you was not taken off the damn air instantly? Like, point blank. These damn uh, comedians nowadays, like I say, Dave Chappelle... He is the perfect comedian slash teacher because every time that brother pick up a microphone, he be speaking facts. And in 846, when he said that when he was talking shit about Candace Owens, people were still laughing. And the only reason that he was talking shit about Candace Owens is because that bitch was trying to criminalize George Floyd. She got countless videos. Well, some, there is a, a a bag fell out of his pocket. How the fuck did a bag fall out of his pocket when everybody is able to see the actual encounter between the policeman? And George Floyd. And the stupid thing about any of that, I hate to get off topic. No, no, you good. But the the stupidest thing about any of that is, even if a bag fell out of his pocket, even let's say it did, let's say it did fall out of his pocket. Okay, a bag fell out of his pocket. Tell me still why he deserved to be killed. Exactly. That's why Dave Chappelle was calling that bitch out. Because at the end of the day, he said in uh, 846, I don't give a fuck if he kicked. Candace Owens and her stinky pussy. And everybody started laughing. At the end of the day, that's true. I don't give a fuck if he actually did that or not. My damn self. Let's say he kicked that bitch in the pussy. He he should have got arrested. Depends on what she was doing. But there you go. So you're making all the sense in the world. But um, back towards the subject of comedians, 
that I wanted to bring up because um, we was talking about Kevin Hart for a second. Yeah. And the thing that I want to bring about Kevin Hart is something I brought up to you. And again, um, I just said Kevin Hart is a funny guy. But the th- one of the things that always bothered me about Kevin Hart is, and I'm not saying no comedian should ever think that they're funny because, of course, you wouldn't be a comedian if you think didn't think you were funny. But I don't like it when somebody is purposely laughing at their own jokes to get other people to laugh. And I know everybody who's ever seen a Kevin Hart stand-up know exactly what I'm talking about. When he gets ready to tell a story or do something, first thing he does is, don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. And, and he'll start to laugh anyway. And I'm like, do the joke. There you because, go. Because, uh, again, I've seen Dave Chappelle do it. I've seen Eddie Griffin do it. I've seen Chris Rock do it. You know, when they laugh at their own jokes. But they, you know, chuckle here and there and continue on. Kevin Hart will damn the knee slap before he, <laughs> before he even finishes his own joke. That And um, one joke that he did, I forgot which special it was. But, and, and this was a funny joke. I'm giving him his props. Was the one where he was like, uh, ooh, shit. Irresponsible. Yeah, that one. When he was doing that, you know, you want to get me here in the washing room, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That was a funny joke. But the way he was dying laughing himself, and that can make it funny. I'll, I'll give it that. But at a certain point, to me at least, when he overdoes that, it takes the funny out of it. Well, that's the biggest difference between Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle. Because I um, thought that that was something that I wanted to try to do. I did it to, with one person. And I will never forget the way that she reacted. Lola is a good friend of mine. Well, I called Lola and I was telling her something. And I, before I started, I said, don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. She said, quote, that shit annoying as fuck when you say that before you tell the damn story. Well, damn. <laughs> fuck. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the thing is, I just feel like tell the story, tell the joke, and when people start to laugh, yeah, you can let you can laugh too. Because again, my favorite comedians have done it. You know, have laughed at their own jokes. But first, get the joke out and let people laugh first. Then you can laugh. There you go. That's the thing. Or uh, you know, some of my favorite comedians when they do laugh, it seems like most of the time, at least, what's making them laugh is the people laughing. Especially Chris Rock. Like, he won't laugh until after the fans or or the audience has finished laughing. Then he'll chuckle. So it seems like he's laughing not at his joke, but more laughing because the fans are laughing. And that, to me, that can enhance it. Yes. And again, a little chuckle when you're telling the story can make things funnier. But again, if you're falling over and knee slapping before you even finish uh, the joke, then I'm like, "Get, get to it. Get to the funny part. Let us laugh. Then start laughing. Because I just got to bring up the Kevin Hart irresponsible real quick. When he started laughing and like everybody was laughing that he like was, I think, 80 percent done with that joke. Like when um he um started laughing, the fans started laughing and all that. Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones, when he was talking about Juicy Smoothie. Dave Chappelle only said the man's name. 
the audience was cracking up so bad, even when Dave tried to, uh, like, go into the joke, like, one woman started laughing so loud, that's, like, why he had to, like, run back quick, that way he can catch his breath, that way he can make it through his shit. Yeah, that makes it funnier to me is because you're laughing because how everybody else is laughing. There you go. That's what makes it funnier. Instead of... Because one thing Kevin Hart did also during that same joke I mentioned earlier was he actually said, I think before or during the joke, I think before, he was like, this is my favorite joke. This is my favorite joke. I'm like, why did you say that? Yeah. That's literally trying to tell the crowd, hey, laugh at this as hard as you can because it's my favorite. Like, you shouldn't be on stage talking, this is my favorite joke. Just tell the joke. Even if it is your favorite, tell you tell that to yourself in your mind and let the fans or the you know audience decide how funny it is. Not, hey, this is my favorite joke. Here it comes, y'all. Y'all should start laughing at this one because this will really get you. You know, that to me is like, okay, now you've taken me out of it some. I'm not saying you ha- you can't make me laugh after saying that, but now I'm kind of like, like mm. there you go. It's, you know, because you said that, and if you're sitting in the house like we are right now um, and you say it to somebody else, that's fine. If I look at you, hey, Vilp, let me tell you this joke. This is my favorite joke. That's fine. But if you're doing that on stage in front of thousands of people, then to me, that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> at least to me. I don't know if I'm crazy, but to me. Because the thing is, the part where he actually said, this is my favorite joke, it was during like him uh, trying to tell the joke. This fool was in the middle of laughing. Like, with the microphone still in his hand. Oh. <laughs> See, doing that like that right there, I'd be like, oh. Like, the like fuck? tell the joke and let me laugh. There you go. That's that's why, like I said, I mean, uh, that irresponsible tour is funny. That particular joke was funny, but, like, uh, they was playing music, like, while he was telling the joke. But when he got to the point uh, where, like, he um, started laughing, they stopped the music. Then here go Kevin Hart ass. No, no, no. This is my favorite joke. This is my favorite joke. Let me make it through. I don't give a shit if it's your favorite joke, man. Like I said, a chuckle and a smile here and there while you're telling the story or something, that's fine. That, that to me tells me, oh, shit, this one's going to be funny by the way he's doing that. But if you're telling me yeah, this is going to be funny, this is going to be funny, that makes it unfunny. Because the number one thing I love about Chris Rock comedy, if he does laugh, like, he will do it after the joke. Or, even better, he will say something with so much, like, emotion in his voice. Because the number one thing I love about Chris Rock, now, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Griffin, other comedians, they try their best to, you know, uh, not get too loud, but I remember. Let me see. Bring the pain. Um, never scared. Um, kill the messenger. Like Chris Rock, a lot of jokes that he said, like he damn near was like uh screaming at the audience, but they you know got what he was saying because um one of my favorite jokes of Chris Rock. I love black people, but I hate niggas. Anybody that it, look it up on YouTube, it'll come up. He talked about like I believe that particular 
uh, routine, like, uh, black people versus niggas, like, that joke was, like, maybe 10 minutes long. And the thing is, like, even though, like, he was damn near screaming how much he hated niggas, he still was able to finish the damn show, which I greatly appreciate. Ain't have to stop no music for Chris Rock. Yeah, because, again, because I'm not saying that Kevin Hart's the only one who laughs at his own jokes. My top three will do it. But Chris Rock, after he tells the joke, he almost waits completely until the audience stops laughing. Then he'll go, <laughs> and then start right back with the next joke. There you go. That's how you're supposed to do it. You know, Dave Chappelle will tell a whole joke, and then when people laugh, he'll, like, and then run back, you know, like yeah. he just said. And laugh, but Dave Chappelle will put the mic down for his little. So you don't even hear him. You know he's doing it, but you don't even really hear it. Like he puts the mic down and he comes right back, finishes up. Like again, a quick little laugh here and now after your jokes, after other people are laughing, perfectly fine. But I think Kevin Hart just goes way too overboard with when when he does. And again, that to me at least always takes me out of it, man. Because. The thing is, I'm not saying I'm a funny person, but it like anytime I tell a joke, whether inadvertently or on purpose, when I say something and you think it's funny, like you be laughing, and if you look at me, you'll see I'm not laughing. Even if I told a joke on purpose, I'm not laughing, and the only time I do laugh is mostly because I'm laughing at how hard you laugh most of the time. But like, if I say something funny and you look at me. You'll see, I'm now most of the time I'm not even laughing at what I just said. That's not because you know I'm doing that on purpose because I'm like, let you laugh. It's because to me personally, I well, I never even thought I was like a very funny person. I like to make snide comments here and there about certain things, but I never thought I was a knee slapping funny person. But, um, you know, even when you laugh at the stuff I say, am I over there laughing, falling, you know, at what I just said too? Uh, like I said, man, p- people, they just don't know how to be comedians. I have nothing against DC Young Fly, but bring that ass here, boy, is not a joke. Well, that's the thing about especially YouTube and uh, Vine, TikTok, all these other things, because that's all TikTok is, is another Vine. Uh, but um, thing about those is it's not even about jokes. It's about catchphrases. There you go. And, and little things you can try to make popular. That, that, that's really what all that is. It's not even about uh, them being funny. It's just more about who can create this catchphrase that other people will say. And you don't even hear people going around the street. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, what up, man? Bring that ass here, boy. Like, n- nobody does that. So it's not like people are out there saying his catchphrase. But if it catches on and gets attention, hell, you can get a job. Like, he got on Wildin' Out. Hell, Yeah. And then he got a job um, in some movies. Like, I don't think he, like, he ain't starring in major motion pictures or nothing. But, you mm. know, he, he was still in movies. It was straight down TV movies. Yeah. How High 2. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about How High 2? I hated that movie. I hate when they resurrect stuff that was. How High was, like, 2000, 2001. Why did you come out with that in, like, what, 2018? Yeah, and that was twenty years ago. Why are you now coming out with that? Like big movies, like Toy Story, Bad Boys, big movies like that. They can wait five, 
seven years before they come out with another sequel, and people will still care. Yeah. How, how, I like that movie. But it wasn't like it was a big, major movie itself, for number one. And number two, it was almost 20 years after the fact, and y'all made a number two, and it didn't even have the original actors in it. My thing is, ain't Method Man and Red Man rappers? Mm-hmm. Is DC Young Flyer rapper? Not that I know no, of. That, but even like that, even if it was two rappers, cause the other guy was supposed to be a rapper. Was it Lil Yachty, Yachty, whoever? Like He he's a rapper and he was in it. But again, like that, it, it's it was twenty years after the fact that movie came out. And again, nobody was even checking for. Ooh, I wonder when they gonna make a number two of How High. Like, why did you even do that? Except they just wanted to ride the coattails of other rappers, basically. Very true. Very rich. Very true. I'm waiting for the day a rapper of today makes Baby Boy 2. That's going to happen. A rapper of today is going to make Baby Boy 2. I swear it's going to happen because that movie is old now, but as popular as it is and it runs on VH1 and BET and all them other channels constantly, somebody is going to try to make a number two. The bad thing is um, John Singleton, who wrote the movie, directed and everything, is dead, but when has that stopped them before? They're still going to try it. Huh, you have no idea. I'm still blowed at, I know this ain't got shit to do with it, but I got to bring this up. I'm still blowed that they have Flex Alexander playing Michael Jackson. I'm still surprised at that. So... Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. My phone just love. Um, I'm having a boatload of technical difficulties. When I last uh, looked at it, it looked like we had um, maybe three minutes left or something like that. Oh, well, it's getting about that point to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, it seems like uh, the phone is blacked out. We'll probably have to get something else to record on at this point because now it seems like the phone is doing this at the end of almost every podcast lately. It blacks out and we don't really know when it uh, stops recording. We know it does keep recording, but we can't see the time, so we don't know exactly. Or at least what I would probably start doing is have my phone time too as soon as you start. That way, when it does this, I'll know exactly how much time we have left. But mm-hmm. as everybody knows, hell, this podcast is just two guys in their living room and a phone. Like, there you go. We ain't trying to do this like professionally with equipments and sound studios and all that. It'd be nice if we could get that one day, but hell, right now it's just two guys and a phone. So sometimes we get technical difficulties. Sometimes y'all might even hear the phone make noise or phone ring. Yo, you know? phone ring. <laughs> I think there's even one podcast where you actually can hear a conversation you're having uh, on the phone. But uh, again, you know, just two guys trying their best. With what they got, but um, I like this episode we did, brother. Um, on comedy, I I think this was a good episode. I enjoyed it, but um, at this point, we probably only have a few seconds anyway, most likely, or at least a minute. So um, go ahead, wrap it up. Most deaf, I wrap it up because comedy that is my life. But at the end of the day, people don't know how to be comedians no damn more. That's the way I'm gonna wrap this particular podcast up and if it's still recording uh afterward 
This cutting up radio. That's all I can say. And most deaf, we're going to be back with another one. I hate them.